0: fun story about a tenant who committed fraud to gain a tenancy at a landlord's property moved in and then didn't pay any rent and still hasn't paid any rent and this is an ongoing situation so there could well be another episode with an update on this story. I wanted to share it with everyone just to show you the lengths that people would go to to avoid paying rent, to fraudulently gain tenancies, and to try and avoid paying money that they should be paying. And the worst part about this is that the tenant in question is a parent. That, for me, doubles how disgusting this story is. Not only is this tenant prepared to put another family at financial risk because she wants to commit fraud in order to live in a property for free for a period of time, but she's also prepared for her children to learn that same lesson, that that is okay, that that is how you can live your life. This tenant obviously knows the system. She's manipulated the system, exploited the system, knowing how long she can live in this property without having to pay any rent. I think it's terrible. And the worst part about it is that if this was the other way round and maybe a landlord did something that was detrimental to a tenant, they get absolutely crucified. And quite rightly, I'm not arguing with that, but if a tenant does it, what's the consequence here? I'd be interested to know if anybody has experienced this sort of thing, what consequences you noticed for the tenant and are the consequences for the tenant as bad as the consequences would be for the landlord especially nowadays with the amount of legislation and laws and penalties that landlords have to face. So let's start from the beginning now of course I'm not going to give any sensitive information away I'm not going to give away the identity of this tenant but I still do want to know if any of you know of any tenants like this or have experienced any issues like this, please do let me know so that I can share your story as well. Again, I won't mention any names. I won't mention who's the tenant, who's the landlord, what the property is. I won't even mention what area it is. But these stories are important for people to know so that we can all learn from them and we can all avoid making the same mistakes that other landlords have already made. So this is a landlord that I know actually And this person has always managed their own properties, they've always just let their own properties, advertised the property when it's available, uh, done their own viewings, done their own referencing, done their own vetting, and moved their own tenants in and then managed their own tenancies. They've been doing it for years. They've had the odd problem here and there, what landlord hasn't. But generally speaking, it's been okay. Now, this time was no different. One tenant moved out, so the landlord advertised the property, did a load of viewings, and there was one tenant in particular that said, yeah, I'd really like to take this property and I can move in as soon as it's available. Great. Now, that's what a landlord wants to hear, a tenant that can move in pretty quickly, start paying rent pretty quickly. So the landlord agreed in principle for this tenant to start a tenancy and move into this property. Then the landlord carried out their own referencing and vetting, and they used a a referencing agency. So it's not like the landlord just winged it and made it up. They used a proper credit referencing agency, tenant referencing agency, and did it all what they felt was the right way to do it. The references came back. The employment reference was fine. The income and expenditure was fine. The affordability checks were fine. The credit checks were fine. The identity checks were fine. The previous landlord reference was fine. Everything was okay. And even in this case the tenant provided a guarantor. The guarantor checks came back fine. So the landlord had no reason to be suspicious. The landlord had met this tenant and the tenant had been quite pleasant, normal, and actually seemed like they were gonna be a good tenant. So of course the landlord had no suspicion or anything or any reason to, to be suspicious. So landlord progresses to the next level, starts with the paperwork and gives the tenant the contract sends the guarantor the contract both come back signed no problem the landlord issued all of the correct information prescribed information the correct documents they basically carried out all of the compliance that's required of a landlord and there's a lot but this landlord did everything above board and correctly albeit bar a couple of discrepancies but I'll come on to those a bit later. So, no problems, right? Everything seems okay. The tenant moves into the property and pays their first month rent no problem. The next month's rent was due. No payment came in. So the landlord, quite rightly, contacted the tenant and said, just checking everything's okay. Rent was due yesterday, but I didn't see any rent payment made. Can you let me know if everything's okay? Do you need the bank details? And that's it. No response. A couple of days later, landlord contacted the tenant again and asked if everything was okay. I haven't heard from you. The rent was due a couple of days ago, but I haven't received anything. Is everything okay? No response. Oh, weird. So landlord contacted Tax the tenant again a couple of days later asks the same thing and says listen I really need the rent to be paid I've got to make my mortgage payments I've got insurance payments that I need to make so if you could pay the rent that would be great tenant replies saying really sorry and I've seen all these emails by the way so I can vouch for the accuracy and the reason I've seen all these emails by the way is that now my company's become involved I think I've mentioned it before but my company do what we call a landlord rescue service I'm interrupting because all landlords need to know about the free Landlord Rescue Service that helps all landlords that are having problems with their tenants and need help. Maybe your tenants not paying rent, damaging your property, antisocial behaviour, or worse, maybe you need help with evictions, section notices, legislation, law and compliance. Whatever your problem, if you need help, the Landlord Rescue Service will give you the solution, give you the advice, the resources, the contacts for free. The Landlord Rescue Service, free for landlords so i've seen all these emails and the tenant replies saying it's actually quite a pleasant email really sorry i didn't see your email but my employer has messed up my my salary and hasn't paid me because of an error at their end we're just trying to work it out now but that's why the standing order didn't go through now at that point the landlord thought okay fair enough If the employer has messed up that salary, the money wouldn't have gone into her bank. And if there wasn't enough money in her bank to pay the standing order, then yeah, of course, the standing order is not gonna go through. So that was a fairly legitimate response. So the landlord, understandably, replied asking when that tenant might be able to pay their rent. And the tenant said that it was going to be sorted on the first of the following month. Now that was gonna be in about two weeks. So, of course, the landlord was a bit frustrated, fair enough, but at least there was a solution. At least there was a time and place. Now, bear in mind, that tenant by that point would have been there for just over a month and a half and only paid the first month's rent. So, guess what, the first of the month came along, the landlord didn't receive the rent, and he contacted the tenant on the second of the month and said, just checking, everything went through okay with your salary yesterday, can you pay your rent please? As agreed, no response. Couple of days later, contacts again, Listen, really need you to pay the rent now. It's really late now and I need to make payments. I need to cover my mortgage, my insurance, et cetera, et cetera. Tenant replies saying, really sorry, still not sorted, but I've been told it's going to be sorted tomorrow. So I'm going to go down to the bank and make sure the payment is made. Okay, tomorrow comes. Guess what? Nothing. Landlord calls the tenant and says, look, the rent hasn't been paid, and you said it was gonna be paid. You said you were gonna get it sorted. Can you please make the rent payment? The tenant on the phone says, I'm in the bank right now. I'm just sorting out the payment for you. As Soon as it's done, I'll let you know. Okay, great, no payment. And then the tenant went dark. The tenant didn't respond or any communication whatsoever. And then the second month rent payment was due and no payment was made. So now this tenant is two months rent in arrears. Now, technically the landlord can issue a Section 8 notice. But he's a good guy. He's just a regular landlord. This is his only property, by the way, and he needs the income. So he just wanted to get the rent paid. He didn't want to go through that whole eviction process. And bear in mind, at this point, the word fraud was not even a consideration. At this point, he just felt like it was a normal tenant that just hadn't paid their rent. So like I say, now the the tenant is two months in arrears. The landlord could, by rights, issue a Section 8 notice for serious rent arrears. which means that the tenant would have two weeks to, to vacate. Otherwise, the landlord could go to the courts to gain possession of the property. So contacts the tenant again, no response, no response, no response. And this is where the landlord contacts me and talks through the situation. And this is where it becomes weird. This is where it gets interesting. Maybe we should make a little TV show about this one, a drama series. Anyway, so the landlord contacts us And the first thing we need to do is try and contact that tenant and start going through that process of finding out what the problem is and then trying to work out a way for the tenant to get out of it, because really, all a landlord wants is for the rent to be paid and the property to be looked after and for the tenant to be a good tenant. So during that time we also speak to our company solicitor who helps us with all of our evictions and all of that legal side of that process and the solicitor says first things first contact the guarantor. So we obviously contact the guarantor and we say hi Mr and Mrs guarantor just to let you know the tenant hasn't paid rent so you are now liable to pay that rent as is the guarantor contract. Guarantor says excuse me I haven't signed to be a guarantor for anybody. We sent the guarantor the contract that he'd supposedly signed. That's not my signature and I did not sign that document, says the guarantor. So now something suspicious is definitely going on. So we contacted our company solicitor who takes care of all of our evictions, helps us with all of the legal side of these processes, the serious evictions, the serious tenants and things like that. And we explained the situation. And the solicitor said, what was that name again? And we told my solicitor that name again. And he said, I recognize that name. And he went off and he went through his records and found another case with a tenant with the same name in the same city that had done the same thing. So the difference being that in that case, there was fraudulent activity or suspicion of fraudulent activity. So that's where the solicitor came back to us and said, look, check through the records of the referencing and check through the employment references, check through the uh, landlord references and the guarantor contract and find out what's going on. So we did that. We contacted the company and the company said, no, that person does not work here we contacted the historic landlord. No, that's never been a tenant of mine. So obviously alarm bells are ringing here, this is pretty serious but how did she do that because the credit referencing agency have contacted the correct email address it was a person's name at that company.co.uk if you know what i mean the email address was name at company.co.uk and that had all been received and the correct information had been returned so that all looked legitimate there'd be no reason to question it we even looked up that person who was the reference contact on LinkedIn and it was a person at that place. So I don't know how she's done that. That's a crazy, crazy thing to do. And then we checked up on the landlord reference. She'd faked it. It wasn't a legitimate email address. It was an email address she'd obviously created for herself and she'd done her own landlord reference. It's a bit of a web of lies. And then that whole story about, yeah, uh, my employer's uh, messed up my salary, I'm in the bank now, all lies, absolute lies. So the first thing we needed to do was try and start the eviction process because it was obvious that this tenant was not going to be paying rent and needed to be evicted. These are the sorts of tenants that ruin it for the 99.9% of good tenants out there. And I'm sorry for all of those good tenants because this is just a mess. And this makes landlords and letting agents suspicious. And it makes it harder for the good people of the world to get properties because of people like this, scum like this. And I don't mind saying that, I'll stand by it. That also are parents. And that's the worst part about this. This tenant is not only damaging other people's lives, but also setting a terrible example for her children. What chance have her children got in life if this is the education they're getting from their mother? Awful. I'm a parent, and that really makes me angry. It actually makes me disgusted that somebody could not only ruin another family's life and be okay with that, but also you're ruining your children's lives because you're not giving them a chance to lead a good life. Anyway... Don't get me started on that. So we now know guarantor was a fraud. Employment reference was a fraud. Landlord reference was a fraud. And the tenant is a compulsive liar. Us as a letting agent, we said to the tenant, very professionally, if you are unable to clear the rent arrears by a set date, we will start the eviction process using a section eight notice. The tenant was like, what? I don't understand what's going on. This isn't, no, I haven't done any fraud. No, no, no. We've got the proof now that there has been fraud. Then the tenant applies for breathing space. Now, I've done a video explaining exactly what breathing space is and how it works and how you as landlords can beat it. Well, not beat it because it is a very legitimate and necessary piece of legislation, but how you might get through the breathing space time because it's very difficult for landlords. What it means is you're not allowed to progress any eviction any section notices or anything like that for 60 days whilst the tenant is in that breathing space period. You're not allowed. Watch that other video on breathing space. I won't go through that now, but watch the other video. Just search Tom Soane breathing space, you'll find it. Anyway, so the tenant applied for breathing space and was granted breathing space, meaning that we weren't allowed to, or the landlord wasn't allowed to, or a solicitor wasn't allowed to progress any sort of eviction, weren't allowed to chase for rent arrears, weren't allowed to give any section notices, that's it. Luckily, we know our stuff. So we were able to still issue a section notice on other grounds, but I'll go through that another time. So where are we now? Well, we are still in that breathing space period. And unfortunately, the tenant still hasn't paid any rent. But when that breathing space period is done, we intend to take the full action necessary to get that tenant evicted with immediate effect as soon as possible in order to get a proper tenant into that property that is compliant, is non-fraudulent, is reliable, will be a loyal, good tenant for this landlord. Because this landlord's a good person. They just have a property that they rented out as an investment, simple as that. They're not made of money. This was just an extra piece of income. I feel really bad for them. So we must get that tenant out of that property. And I'd love to hear what you all think about this. And by the way, I mentioned that this tenant was a parent. Her child, I believe, is 17 years old. Now, there's another thing that happened here. This tenant, we were on the phone to the tenant, and the tenant, we heard dogs in the background. Now, this particular tenancy agreement was specifically to not have dogs specifically, but the tenant had dogs. So we arranged with the tenant to do an inspection because we said we need to inspect the property to check its condition, to check the maintenance, check any repairs. So we went around and there were two big dogs in this property and also somebody else living in this property as well. What a terrible, terrible situation for the landlord. I feel really sorry for the landlord. So all of these things were contributing towards the landlord still having to pay their mortgage every month. Still having to pay the insurances every month. That doesn't stop. And now there's damage from pets. There's all of these things going on that the landlord's going to have to do. There's going to be costs involved in evicting the tenant. There's going to be continued payments that the landlord has to pay out whilst this tenant lives in this property without paying for it. Disgusting. Anyway, so where are we now? We're just coming to the end of the breathing space period and that's where we're going to start taking the next steps very quickly. And... I'll, do you know what? Once this is all done, I'll do another episode explaining what happens from when breathing space stops, when that period ends, through to the actual eviction of this tenant. Now look, if you've got a situation like this and you need to get a tenant out of your property, let me know. Like I've said, I can do one of three things. You can book a call with me and my team and we will either help or advise you on what you can do in the situation that you're in and you can just go off and do it yourself. There'll be no charge for that service. I just want to make sure landlords have the right information, the right contacts, I can connect you with the right solicitors, debt recovery, all of those things, I can connect you with them. So that's the first thing I can help you with. If you are in a situation where you need to evict a tenant or you've got a real problem with a tenancy, with your property, with a tenant, contact me. And that's the first thing I can do. The second thing I can do is we can take over and we can look after the eviction process for you. Now, there will be a management fee payable for that, but it's minimal, minimal. It's just a management fee for this instance. Or the third thing I can do is evict the tenant for you, take you through that whole process, connect you with my solicitor so the solicitor can deal with the more serious legal side, and then we can let that property again for you to a good tenant, and then we can manage it for you thereafter. Now, you can take your pick from all of those solutions. If you would rather just me and my team help you, advise you, then book a call with us. We will find out what the problem is, and we'll talk you through the solution. Like I say, that's a free service. I just want to make sure that landlords are not falling for these tricks. They're not suffering because of of idiot tenants like this. I do want to make sure of that. Now, look, of course, if you become a customer of my company along the way, then great, of course, that's great. I'm a businessman, so I'd love to have more customers, of course. But if not, then I just want to make sure that you get it right and you don't get into trouble because landlords are in enough trouble as as it is. Landlords are facing enough legislation, compliance, penalties, fines, convictions. So let's work together on it. You can contact me directly i will respond to every single email until i reach the point where perhaps my podcast and my youtube channel and my social media is generating way too many emails and i might need a bit of help or i might take a bit longer to reply but Anyway, for the time being, I reply to every single email, every single message that I get. So you can either email me directly. It's tom at sewngroup.co.uk or go onto my Facebook page and send me a message. That comes through as a WhatsApp message. Or if you just comment on this, then I can message you and we can arrange the next steps that way. So email me, WhatsApp me through my Facebook page or comment below and I will contact you. You don't need to suffer on your own. You don't need to go through all of this shit on your own. You do have support and I will not charge you for that. All right, hopefully that makes sense. And hopefully that story helps. We don't need to go through other people's mistakes.